what this means and how many have ever seen those uh, those commercials for like barbecue masterclass Frank uh, Franklin barbecue you know they he has like a whole thing I think Bobby Flay has like masterclass in cooking and you can buy the videos and learn how to cook like him uh, but we get to church and we just kind of expect people to know things you know just stick around long enough and, and you'll, you'll, get, you'll understand God. That's, that is a really bad thought process because there's a lot about God. Matter of fact, I was talking with Mike and Sandy this morning and uh, they're, uh, she's doing a study with some ladies, uh, 18 weeks in Romans, the book of Romans. And, and you know, you can, you can do quick devotions and get a lot out of one or two scriptures, but man, there is something about it when you deep dive into a, a study, into a book, into a set of scriptures. Um, let there be light. Uh, <laughs> squirrels, I see lights, and I'm like, hey. <laughs> um, but uh, there's something about the deep study that, that you go, oh, I didn't know what this means. I didn't know that meant that. And when you start to learn culture or, you know, the, the, what, what they were dealing with back then, because we live in a different day and age, right? And so masterclass is that, that it's, it's that, man, it's, I want to go deeper. Last week, I shared with you our word for 2023, um, which we got Back January of 2022, and we didn't even know about it when uh, myself uh, and Stephanie were visiting California, and we were sitting with Pastor Michael in his living room just talking about life, and we were talking about success, and he said, you know, I really cut the word success out of my life because it has this idea that I have to meet up to somebody's standards, somebody's expectations. And so when I, when I think about what does it look like, the question doesn't become, am I going to be successful? The question becomes, am I going to be effective? And so our word for, for 2023 is, I want us as a church, but individually to become effective, effective Christians, effective uh, in our workplaces, effective in our home life, effective in our friend groups, that our lives would reflect Jesus in a way that it truly shows God's goodness. So this series hopefully will set a foundation for your year and maybe even uh, your life moving forward that it will set a, a discipline, which can be such a naughty, evil word in so many people's lives because it means that we're held accountable to something, but a discipline in our life that says, I, what, me and Stephanie have had this saying for years and years and years, that if, if you want something different, you gotta do something different. Or, you know, and there's a thousand different ways of saying this. But right, but, but you can't go, I want to be this and then continue to do the same thing. You can't say, I want to change this in my life, but never, you know, never navigate down a path that is actually going to get you there. That's just a pipe dream. That's a, that's, a, that's a dream. That's not a hope. Hope has an action to it. Action is effectiveness and it's discipline. We want to be disciplined in the things that matter most. And that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about time management. I think it's one of the biggest things that most of us lack. We have the idea of it, all of us do, you know, but to actually put it into action, to actually put some discipline behind time management, that's a whole different ball game. It's good to be challenged, to be challenged to do and be who God wants us to be, to prioritize the right things in our life and to have disciplines in the right areas. Last week, we talked about the definition of discipline, which is uh, the one that we're kind of working off is, is the idea of this, sustained consistency. Sustained consistency. It means that I'm not just gonna be uh, you know, good for a minute. I'm not just gonna be good for a month and then I'm gonna bail out. I'm not gonna just be okay at something. I'm gonna be consistent for a long period of time. That's how we change. It's doing small things over a long period of time to get where we wanna be. And so sustained consistency, it's not saying I'm starting at point A and I'm jumping straight to point Z. It's saying I'm going to start at point A and, and you know what? This week my goal is to move into point B. It's, it's, it's to get 1% better. That's my rule, right? 1% better. How can I be 1% closer to Jesus? How can I be 1% more of a more positive person? How can I be 1% more uh, not use my words in a vulgar manner? 1% in watching what I watch and what I listen to. See, we try to do so much so quickly and we burn out because we don't think that we're good enough because we fail. And I'll say it this way, fail forward. 
If you're going to fail, fail in a way that it's going to cause momentum to make you pick yourself up and go, okay, God, I'm sorry, but we're going to keep going in the right path. We're going to go and do the things that you want me. And so if you're going to fail, fail forward. If you're gonna, if you're gonna be challenged, it's okay to not do it perfectly the right way. Just make steps to be consistent. Because consistency brings effectiveness. Now, when we talk about effective, we I have to go back to the definition that we use for that. And, and it's this: effectiveness is producing a decided and decisive or desired effect. Okay? It is producing that which we hope for effectiveness has an action to our hope. If we want to become more educated in, a, in, a, in an area, then we have to not just hope that it happens, right? Shout out to, to John. He, he passes uh, his plumbers. Uh, we were talking about it uh, this morning. Big, 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 big uh, congrats to him, right? Now, a lot of you may be going, Psh, I can plumb. Okay, challenge accepted. Listen, when we bought our rent house, I had Eric uh, come and take a look at it. It looked plumbed. Oh, it had pipes coming in and out. <laughs> so I thought, I thought, oh, there shouldn't be too much for him to do. He calls me up and he's like, uh, we got to rip it all out. What? Yeah, no, it, it looks new. Oh, it looks like pipes, but it's all wrong. See, and that's the difference between knowing and just trying. I could do that, but if you don't have the knowledge, then how can you really do something well? And so when we grow, we have to learn, and, 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 and we have to be able to put the time in, and we have to say, I'm going to invest in this, and we will invest in so many areas of our life and so many people in our life, and yet when it comes to us and our spiritual walk and the things of Jesus, we go, ah, well, it just should happen. I've got a pastor. He can preach at me once a week, and I'll be good. And the answer is wrong. No. You will burn out. You'll fail. You'll think church is, is boring because you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. If I want to be effective, then I have to decide on a path that I'm going to take, and then I've got to go after it. It is, a, it is not just a decided effect. It is producing a decided and desired effect. Who wants to do the things that God has called you to do? Let me start here. How many know that God has called you to something? Each and every one of you. We've got to get past this idea that churches come and watch. Jesus' words were never come and sit. Jesus' words were never come and watch. Jesus' words were come and follow me. In other words, learn because you're going to end up doing. Study to show yourself approved. You have to study and then show. And so, so Jesus has this idea that, hey, listen, we're not going to just throw you into the deep end, but you've got to come along and you've got to, if you want to be effective, there's a produced life and there's a produced mindset that you have to create and challenge your life. You have to be disciplined in it. The question becomes, who wants to do the things that God has called you to do, to be the person God has designed you to be? Then we have to understand the discipline of time management. We do. To be who God has called you, to do what God has called you to do, you have to understand time management because if not, life is chaos. And the crowd said amen. How many just since the beginning of the year, you're like, oh, Jesus, it's, my life is all over the place. I can never catch a break. I, I can never just take a breath. Can, can I tell you that you can do everything that you're doing now and you can find peace? Now, that may be like selling a, 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 a pile of fool's gold to you, but I promise you, I promise you that when you do things God's way, it doesn't mean that there's never any chaos. It's just that you understand how to walk through it. It doesn't mean that there's never bad times. It's just that you have a God who is walking with you and is giving you the help and the wisdom to do it. In this world, busyness is so many times equated to success, right? Oh, man, that person looks so busy. They must be, oh, they're successful. 
I've heard Elon Musk works 25 out of the 24 hours a day. It'll catch up to you. Think about that. We, we, we equate that to busy is success. You know, you call that person, hey, what do you need? Oh, man, I'm busy, I'm busy. Oh, man, they really got it going on. But busyness doesn't always equate to what God has called us to. And so my first thought, my first point today is this, is simply this, busyness doesn't mean effectiveness. Busyness doesn't mean that you are being effective in your life. It doesn't mean that you are doing all that God has called you to be or all that God has asked you to be or all that God has designed you to be. Busyness does not mean that you're reaching the goals and the successful marks that God has put in your life. The point of our life is not to be busy, but it's to be effective. The point is to manage our lifestyle and our calendars to the degree that we can be effective with God, where he's called us, and what he has called us to do. To manage our time, to manage our calendar, to manage all that he has for us in a way that we're effective. Can I tell you that busyness can be the biggest tool that the enemy uses to keep you from being effective? And he can do it even with church. He, oh man, I, you know, I, to be a good Christian, I've got to serve in five different groups and I've got to be in every life group. And can I tell you, don't join every life group. Matter of fact, I'm going to make a rule. If, if I see you on all life, I'm going to kick you out of one. <laughs> tell you to go home. I'll show up just to kick you out. Okay. Um, listen, Last, year, last, last semester, I didn't run a life group. You want to know why? Because I didn't feel like it was the most effective thing for me to do. So if me, as your pastor, can recognize that sometimes church work is just that, it's church busyness. Now, <laughs> the flip side of that is this. Don't not show up. Oh, I'm too busy for life group. You're too busy for the community that's going to hold you up when you need most. You're too busy for, for the things that God wants to invest in you. So, so there's, a, there's a balance. Not going to any and, and going to all can be bad. Busyness doesn't mean effective. We need to manage our lifestyle, manage our calendars, manage our time in a way that glorifies God. That is the goal. A full calendar doesn't mean you have an effective life. It just might mean you live in chaos and need to prioritize. So today... Hopefully, there's some, some deep spiritual truths that maybe challenge you, but hopefully also some practical truths that really encourage you to say, you know what, I need to go home and I need to prioritize some things. I need to say yes and no to certain things through, listen, last week we talked about the story of the talent, right? The talents that the, the rich uh, guy comes and he says, I give you, you know, five, I give you two, I give you one, and now go do something with it. And they, the first one doubles and, and so forth and so on. But we get to the, the last guy and he does nothing with it. And through that story last week, we saw God's heart on what it means to be effective. That when given value by God, he wants us to be effective with it. And that, to me, was the heart of the story. It wasn't what they did or, or even, you know, a lot of the things, but it was the fact that we, we go back to that word talent, that, that, that what it was is a value, it was a high value of currency that he was willing to give to you because he believed that you would do something with it. And God gives us value. You have value. Each and every one of you that sit here, you have value. God speaks value over your life. He created you with value. If you've never been told that, if you never believed that, you need to hear that this morning. You have value. Your life is not just get up, go do the same thing, clock in, clock out, go home, watch the same shows, go to bed, wake up, do it all again until you die. That is, not the, that is not the design that God has for you. Now, is there times for that? Yes and, and amen. <laughs> Listen, there's nothing wrong with sitting around and just enjoying a relaxing. I'm going to leave here today. I already planned when I woke up, <laughs> okay, a nap, <laughs> okay, amen. Because God rested on the sixth day. You think he needed that? No, he was telling me, you need to rest sometimes. See, the problem is, is that in, in our culture, we take things you know, the pendulum swinging way too much. I've always got to rest. I never got to rest. There's a healthy balance to life. And through this masterclass series, that's the goal, is to teach balance, to teach priority, to teach that, that God doesn't just want to encourage you spiritually, but there is a spiritual, mental, physical part of you, and God wants a healthy version of all that. 
God is not just worried, oh, well, you know, Rodney, how many scriptures can you quote? He's also worried, Rodney, are you going to be able to be effective at 90 years old? He's like, I don't know. But think about that. Will you be effective at a later stage in your life? Or are we just running our bodies rampant and just hoping that we can hold on long enough? (laughs) You know, I can't even believe that I'm saying that I'm about to push 40 this year. I don't believe it. I believe it's a wrong number. I think it's, a, you know, it's crazy. I it never, you know, it, at 20, at 20, I never, like 40 felt so far away. Also felt old. Now 40 doesn't feel old at all. I'm young. Okay, these knees still got some life in them, even though they crack and pop and do all sorts of things. But man, 40 felt so far away. And at 20, you beat your body senseless. I did stupid stuff to my body. I remember the first time I went to the chiropractor, my, my buddy in, in California, and uh, he, he did these x-rays and all this stuff, and, and we sit in his office, and he's all like, you've got the back of an 85-year-old. I'm like, whew, good deal. Okay, what do we do with that? Like, great news, awesome. He's like, but I can fix it. I'm like, this feels like it comes with something <laughs> for a price. He was like, I want to see you in my office three times a week. I'm like, three times a week? Listen, y'all, and I, I, listen, I'm just going to say chiropractors are like amazing. Like, snap, crackle, pop me to death. I don't care. He, he literally took, I was waking up five, six times a night. My back was always hurting. I, I started going to him, and he literally brought life back into my, my world. And see, here's the crazy thing is that so many times in our life, we get beat up, we, get, we go through a tough times, and we go, I can never be who I once was. And God goes, no, you're right, because you've gone through some things. You've got some wisdom to your life, but I can correct, and I can realign, and I can breathe life back. Listen, if you would have told me I would have gotten good sleep, and I would be able to be healthy, and my back wouldn't hurt, man, I would have said you were a flat-out liar. He was able to do things that only voodoo can. I believe it. He probably had a little miniature me in the back and he's twisting me and things are popping. And Listen, he, I, 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 I sit at home and I try to manipulate my body. I look so stupid trying to get my lower back to crack now. Um, and, but listen, he did it in a way that it was like he was, re, he was literally realigning me into a way that I was be able to have health back into me. And that's what we need in our spiritual life. You can go through it. You can have busyness. You can have a full calendar. But if you're not effective, then sometimes we need to reprioritize and say, what are the things that are going to make me healthy and effective? The last person couldn't see the value with his talent, and instead he lived through fear and laziness. Right? That's what the story says. He says that he literally took his talent, and he went and he buried it. Because at least he could give his one talent back. And and the guy goes, no, 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 no. You were afraid of me. And so you did nothing with the things that I valued you for. So you sat there and you did nothing. and 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 he responded with his life through fear and laziness rather than faithfulness. My encouragement to you today and through the beginning of this year is that we respond in faithfulness, not fear. Oh, well, if I, if, I, if I don't do this, then I can't fail. Fail. Maybe you've never heard a pastor or a leader in your life tell you that. It's okay to fail. It's okay to try to do something and not be great at it. It's okay to say, I'm going to set a goal of this. And, and you know what? You make some progress, and then you fall off a little bit. And then you make some more progress, and then you fall. Listen, it's okay to fail as long as you're moving forward. Faithfulness isn't perfection. It's having the eye on the prize and moving in that direction. Craig Groeschel, the pastor of Life Church, a great, great pastor and a, a amazingly wise leader, he says this about time management. He says, wise time management doesn't mean you do more. It means you do more with what matters most. Did you hear that again? Wise time management doesn't mean you do more. It means you do more of what matters most. I want to spend more time doing the right things. How many have ever said you've wasted time? How many have ever done something you valued and you actually thought was a good thing, and then once you look back on it, you're like, oh, I wish I, w- I, I, wish I could go back and do that different? 
right? Because in the moment we can value something, and I'm not saying it's bad or good or anything, but, but wisdom, you look back on it and you go, oh, I wish I would have done that differently. Oh, I wish I, would have, I wish I would have given more time to this person. I wish, see, here's the thing. We get frustrated because of the gap between what I'm doing and the things I want to be doing. How many, how many have something in your life that you want to be doing that you're not right now? That you want to, like, man, I have a hobby. I have a this. A, you know what? I want, you know, I, there's something in my life that I want. I know I want it. I want to do it. But I always tell myself, I just don't have any time. For some of you, it may be relationships. And I'm not talking about, you know, the, the boyfriend, girlfriend, let's go watch a movie and cuddle type. I'm talking about just actual, like, people in your life. Loneliness is so rampant. In a world where we are more connected than ever before, and loneliness is probably one of the biggest things that people deal with. Why? Because we are so busy that we don't actually have real relationships. We have, hey, how you doing? And we don't even wait for them to answer. We're just, right? I mean, think about it at work. When you go into work, if you, if you go to a, a place of, of a, you know, you see them, and you're like, you got work friends, right? You know, and if you're in, like, school, school friends, and you go, hey, how you doing? You really don't care. Okay, maybe I'm the only mean person. We say it because it's like what we're supposed to do. Because, you know, could you imagine going into your workplace and saying, I really don't care who you are? I mean, that would be horrible. That would be mean and messed up. And so the polite thing is, hey, how's your day today? You know how it is. You just saw them yesterday. So unless some life-shattering, life-altering thing happened between 5 p.m. and 9 a.m., you know exactly how their life is. But we do that. Now listen, what if we actually stopped and paused and actually cared? What if we only asked? What if we, what if we truly wanted relationships? See, the problem is, is that we go through life and we go, oh, yeah, I'm friends with Rodney. Oh, I'm friends with Blake. Oh, I'm friends with Craig. And then you go like, wait, when's the last time I actually hung out with anybody outside of my house? And not that Deanne isn't a nice person. She is. Hey, shh, you hush. You're just upset because you had to go get your permit. Okay. Um, <laughs> but Rodney needs other people in his life. See, each and every one of you, you have, you have a, a, a core unit, you know, probably somebody who you go home to, somebody that you deal with, but the reality is, is that we were built for relationship. What does the enemy do? Get you busy. How many churches, people walk into church two minutes before it starts, leave two minutes or less after it ends, and, and there's people there that could probably be encouraging and equipping and challenging and being a part of their life, but we don't know because we're like, gotta go. He's out. God's saying, wait a minute, what if, what if effectiveness means slowing down and inviting some things into your life and getting rid of some other things? How many times have you said or heard this? I want to spend more time with my family or friends, but I work long hours. I, I want to spend more time with family, but I've got this laundry list of chores to do. This may sound weird, but sometimes you have to reevaluate. If your work is keeping you, now there's a, there's a balance here, so please don't, everybody's quitting their job tomorrow, okay? There's a balance here I'm a, what I'm, with what I'm about to say. But sometimes the things that we need the most of, we don't give the time to. And so we go, man, I would, love to, I would love to spend more time with my kids. Guess what? You only get one shot with them. And I can, can I tell you that, that, listen, if you died tomorrow, your job would replace you the next day. Mine would. In a heartbeat. If I walked in today and threw my gun and my badge on a desk and they know that this could happen at any moment, I've forewarned them. They know. They hired me with that thought process. But my captain tells us that. Says, if you don't think that every single one of us are replaceable, you're absolutely crazy. The cog, the wheel will continue to turn and they will replace us. That's not a bad thing, it's just how life works. But you know who can't be replaced? Me as their father, me as a husband. And it's so funny that our culture will tell us work, 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 work for what? 
Look back and wish that you had more time. Now listen, once again, there's a balance. Don't go quit your job. Become a nomad. Get a VW bug and just roam the country. Although that sounds really awesome at times. <laughs> listen, okay? All of you right now are like, how do we do this as a church? Like, we'll just, bunch of bugs running down the street. Like the, v, the Twinkies, they're called Twinkies, right? We're gonna bunch of Twinkies and we're gonna be Freedom Church on the move, okay? Um, listen to me. Don't tempt me with a... Don't tempt me with a good time, okay? Um, but why do we like, why do we get that way? Because it's the escape from reality when reality was always meant to be purposeful and effective anyways. That's not, listen, reality cannot be living on a beach 24-7. It cannot be exciting 24-7. Okay, there's monotony and, and, and mundaneness to our life. Okay, dishes stack up, chores. If, if, you're, if you're like our family, you have somebody in your house that continues to grab four-legged animals and thinks it's okay. <laughs> Stephanie. <sighs> Listen, at this point, I need a home. Who's <laughs> taking me in, okay? <laughs> I'm potty trained, unlike half of my dogs. I even bring something to the table. Listen, I bring, I bring cheesecake. The reality is, is that if we're looking to escape reality, we're, it's because we have not invited God into every aspect of our life and chaos reigns. And so we want to escape it instead of saying, God, how do I fix this? How do I manage this? How, 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 do I, how do I correct the things that feel so out of whack and so afar from being achievable? We need to learn to manage our time because time matters. Do you have prior, priorities set for what matters the most in your life? Do you have priorities set around the kingdom of God in your life? Priorities set around your family, your marriage, relationships, kids, your health? Do you have priorities set for things that bring you life? Or do you even know? When was the last time you've done a, 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 an evaluation check of your life? What's your priority list? Say, man, I say my marriage is important, but what have I done for it? If your marriage is important, it's got to take work. Ask anybody that's done it for a long time. I feel like we're just starting, and yet we're, in July, 20 years. I'm like, still feel like I'm learning so much. Still feel like I'm screwing up all the time. I'm not, I'm not willing to give up. I'm not willing to, because I'm going to constantly, because it's work. And, and, and listen, if anybody that ever thinks that, oh, you get married, and it's just butterflies and roses and, and leap, listen, that, that ship sailed like a long time ago. You have moments of that. Love is doing the things that you don't want to do with the person that you cannot see not doing them without. Garbage. Hate toilets. Hate cleaning a house. Makes it better when she's there. Listen, I'll tell you, I'll tell you like, like, Pastor friend of mine said, it's not that I love my kids. It's I love what gets the kids there. Somebody got it. That's, listen, if you don't find joy in your marriage, you're doing it wrong. You'll get there. You shouldn't get it yet. But here's the reality. In church, we go, oh, we can't talk about stuff like, oh, we can't talk about marriage. Listen, why do we get married? It's, listen, kids are a joy. The Bible says they're, we should be full of quivers. My quiver was full of two, okay? Y'all that like have 10 kids, good bravo for you. I have a feeling it wasn't that you kept going, I need another one of them. <laughs> why? Because you found that there's an effectiveness in your marriage that you, you find joy in. You should. And we should talk about it at church. It shouldn't be shameful. God created it. The problem is that we have, we have done it so wrong for so long, and we've allowed the world to tell us how bad or how distasteful or how sinful something is, not realizing that God created it in the first place. 
And so we get to church and nobody talks about it. And we think, well, it's just low on the totem pole. If you want your marriage to be successful and effective, it shouldn't be. Just being real. Prioritize things in your life and go, what do I need to say yes to? And what do I need to say no to? Well, I really, I really like to golf. Does that mean you need to golf three times a week? Or here, you know what? I'm just going to turn around and say this so I don't have any of you shooting me later. I really like to hunt. Does that mean when it's hunting season, you have to go every afternoon? No. That's why I'm looking this way, by the way. Unless your wife's going. Right? Then, hey, look, get at it. Just don't shoot each other. Listen, the re- here's the whole point about management and priorities is that when we do it God's way, everything becomes better. Relationships, work, friendships. And we find priority that, that I can say, listen, everybody with me, okay? I'm gonna say something, I want you to repeat it after me. No. See, some of you didn't say it because the word's foreign to you. Okay? Try it again. No. Dads have no problem. The dads in the room, they're like, no, no. Look, I could say it in different languages. No. <laughs> oh, I, I, listen, I, I tell people all the time, I'm heartless. I could, look, they look at Isabella and they go, how can you say no to her? <laughs> no. She's cute. No. No, no. It's, it's a, it, okay, let's try. What about sometimes we need to say yes? It's funny though. We're not willing to say yes to the things that God wants us to do because they're typically scary and we're unsure of. All right, I'm gonna have to blow through some of this because Psalms 90, 12. This is a, a, a Psalm from Moses. He says this, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Your days should be numbered. Your days, sh- listen, what does that mean? Is that you need to know when their end is? No, it means that you need to prioritize knowing that there is an end date. And the one thing that we can never get back is time. The one thing we can never get back is time. And so I need God to help me manage my time well. Busyness does not mean effectiveness. And God is calling his church to be effective. He is calling you to live effective. And he is calling us as a freedom church to be effective for our community. How well am I numbering my days? So, so here's my second thought, and I don't have a whole lot of thoughts today. So don't go, oh God, there's probably like five more. No. Second thought is this, time is not a renewable resource. Once it's gone, it's gone. What happened yesterday, you can't get back. You can't change, and you can't go and steal hours from them. No matter what you do, once it's gone, it is gone. Anybody ever say this, I wish I could go back in time? right? Why? Because there's something that we look back on and we go, oh man, if I could, with the wisdom that I have now, if I could go back and change what I once did. Here's the thing though. The moment it's spent, it's spent. If I go down to the casino at Hot Springs and I blow $100 and I lose it all, it's no big deal. I mean, it's a big deal. I I would be freaking out, but that's because $20 to me is a big deal. But I can make $100 back. I can go get a side job. I can make $100. Once that time is gone, I can't get that back. Once, it's crazy to think, Isabella made this statement the other day and it, I quietly freaked out. She said, in two years, I'll be in college. <sighs> yes. And a shrink ray. Um, listen, Like, where did 16 years go? But I'm I'm glad that I was invested in those 16 years. I'm glad I can look back and I can see the memories. And I love that my phone holds these these great memories that I can look back on and go, I was there, I was present. I'm always making sure that I'm trying to be, because listen, at the end of the day, if I'm not rich, I'm one thing, I'm present. I'd rather be present than rich. 
I'd rather be valued than rich. I'd rather be there than rich. Because I can't go back and get that. But when they gone, I can make money. I'll have money. One less mouth to feed. No, they're on their own. <laughs> School of hard knocks. Right? But I want to be present. I want to prioritize my time in a way that when my daughter leaves, she knows who she is. She knows her foundation. She knows what we stand for. And she knows what we're about. And she will walk with her head high because she is proud of herself because we prioritize God and we prioritize family. The enemy wants to attack all of that. It's not a renewable source. It's, it's a commodity we can't get back and we can never go back in time and we can never learn. And, and the only thing we can do is we can only learn how to manage it better going forward. Ephesians 5, 10 through 17 says this. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It is shameful even to talk about the things the ungodly people do in secret. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. For the light makes everything visible. And this is what he says. Awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Now listen. Here, listen to this next part. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools but live like those who are wise. And listen to this next line. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Now go back to that, that one right before that. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Count your time wisely. Do the things that matter most. And say no to the things that are stealing your time. If you have to, go buy that little button thing that says no like 50 different ways. If you can't say it, let somebody else say it for you. Hey, can you oversee this group that's going to coordinate five other things? No. <laughs> no. Now listen, if it's your calling, if God's like, yeah, be a part of that, then say yes. But so many times we say yes to things we don't even want to do because we're afraid to say no. And you know who hurts because of that? You, your family, your friend group that needs you. We got to learn to prioritize our time management. So there's two words for, for, for time in scripture. And I'm, I, I know you don't believe me, but I am wrapping up. Two words for time in, 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 in the scripture. They're both Greek. The first one is chronos. Chronos means time of day, tick-tock clock, right? The second one is kairos. Kairos is the idea of optimizing the time that you have in life. So chronos is how we tell time. Kairos is what we do with it. And there's one thing that Paul and Moses, as we've talked about them over the last few weeks, the one thing that they've learned to do is they've learned to take advantage or optimize the time that they have, to find opportunities within the time and with your time. They lived with kairos in mind. I'm gonna make the most of my life. Whether it's five years or 50, I'm gonna make the most of my time. I'd encourage you, I'm not going to read it. I had it written down here, but I'm not going to read it. Exodus 18, 13 through 26. I'll give you the gist of it, but if you want to read it, go home and read Exodus 18, 13 through 26. And what it is, is the story of Moses and he's doing too much. Anybody relate to that? <laughs> Moses was judging all of Israel, millions of people. They'd come to him every day. Rodney's Moses. He's got the beard for it. And they would come to him and they would say, Moses, me and John are fighting and you need to solve the problem. And he'd have wisdom and he'd pray and he, this is what you're gonna do. Next person up. And it says that he would do this from morning. Could you, listen, could you imagine being Judge Judy for millions of people every single day? This is, your, this is what you feel like you're calling in purpose. I would hate that. Hate it with a, no. Like go away. And Moses' father-in-law says this, you're doing too much. But it's what I'm, I'm, I'm a leader. This is what I, he goes, no, you're doing too much. 
He says, here's what you need to do. You need to get some people in, in your life that are going to help you. And, and you need to break it down. And those leaders need to, uh, to judge over thousands and hundreds and fifties and twenties. And allow them to do what you're doing, but on a smaller scale. And if they are on the bigger stuff, they'll be able to bring it to you so that you can deal with the bigger stuff and they can deal with the smaller stuff. It was time management that his father-in-law was teaching him. And he said, listen, you may be doing the right thing that you're called to do, but you're doing it in a way that is wasting everybody's time, including yours. You might be right where you need to be, but doing it all wrong because you're not optimizing your time and saying no to certain things and yes to certain things. So my last, last thing is, my last thought is say no to many small things to say yes to a few big things. You hear nothing else today. I want you to go home and I want you to ask the questions. What do I prioritize in my life? And what things do I need to say yes to? And what things do I need to say no to? Priority, prioritize the big things in your life. The things you believe God has called you for, the, that bring you life, that sustain you, and let go of the things that don't. It's okay to say no to people. It's okay literally to say no to people in your life. Like, you are not good for me. You are not healthy for me. It doesn't mean that you don't love them. It doesn't mean that when they're in the room that you're going to be mean to them. It just means that some people suck the life out of you and they were never meant to be in your world. It's okay to say no. It's okay to say no to, to listen, maybe softball. I, I had to say no to sports when I moved here because I don't know where we play them here as adults. I'm sad. But in California, I probably played too much. Maybe it's God's way of getting me out of all that. Because, you know, we get jumped up into stuff and, oh, I play softball, so I got to play in three leagues. No, maybe you, you need to play in one and give your family some time. Oh, you, I, I like to, to do this, and so we jump headlong into it instead of saying, can I do that and still give the priority to other things? We are addictive by nature. Musicians could sit there for hours and play musical instruments. For hour, like hours, like <laughs> be in my own little world with my little musical instruments. While the world goes around me, and it's not that that's bad, but am I giving it, I'm never, listen, I'm never going to travel the world and play music as much as I'd love to. <laughs> but my family needs me. My church needs me. My friends need me. And so though I would give some time, and I love to sit down and play every now and then, and if you come over to my house, I've got little chairs where I'll sit and just play for, you know, 30 minutes or so, but I won't give the whole afternoon to it. Why? Because I prioritize my time. Schedule things that need yes. Say no to the things that are going to suck the life out of you. How do you do that? I want to give you three questions. Three questions that you can ask yourself as far as prioritizing. You ready? They're super simple. The first one is this. What gives me the highest spiritual return? What gives me the highest spiritual return? So, so how, do I, how do I do that? How do I, because, because that sounds very ominous and, and big. So look at Acts 20, 24. It says this. Um, I think I have it in there. If not, yes. But my life is worth nothing to me unless it is used for finishing the work assigned by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. This is Paul, uh, the Apostle Paul, and he's saying, listen, I'm going to say yes to the things that glorify God and push that into my life so that I can give it to others. So not everything that looks like Jesus needs to be in your life, Okay. So I have to ask myself, what gives me the highest spiritual return? Is it going to church on Sunday and one life group? Can, can, I, can I tell you that if you go to too many life groups, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna be sucked dry. So when picking the life group, pick the life group that you know is going to breathe life into you and you put people in you. Maybe, listen, maybe you're like, I'd like to try that, but maybe I really like this. Then go with the one you like and the one that gives you life. Maybe it has nothing to do with the life group. And maybe you're like, you know what? I just need to get together with coffee with some people. We've got 50,000 coffee places now, so go pick one. It's not hard to say, hey, Cole, let's go grab coffee. The investment of my time is valuable. I want to give it to somebody who I know is going to favor that time. And you know what? Like me and Cole, we sat for, gosh, way too long on Thursday. I kept him out way probably past his bedtime. Um, 
and past mine as well. Uh, but we were talking about life. And even though it was ours, it, man, I, I left going encouraged and, 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 and filled up. I could have done it for a few more hours. It just, it just felt that good. It felt that healthy and real. So what spiritually gives you the highest return? What is my calling? The general is, is simple. We're to reach people. But the specific, what do you do that only you can do that God has put you here for? Don't make it bigger than it is. You're asking, what is my purpose? But are you des- designating time with God to seek him and hear from him? And that is so powerful. So many of us go, what's my purpose? But we don't ask the purpose giver. What's my purpose? And we run around and we try to find something we're good at. Is this my purpose? No, okay, I'm gonna run over here. Is this my purpose? No, okay, I'm lost. What's my purpose? And God's saying, why, why, why don't you just ask me? I designed you. And if you just spend some time with me, I'll give you my, your purpose. I'll tell you what it is. And I'll tell you how to use it for the glory of God. What gives me the highest spiritual return? The second question is this. What gives me the highest relational return? Does my family have the highest value? Does my marriage have the highest value? Do my friends take value? We need to change our time management to give the best return relationally. Not everybody needs your yes. Not everybody needs your time. There are some people that you just need to, yeah, yeah, we're we're friends. And then there's other people like, yeah, we're tight. Because those are the people that will give you return and value relationally. The last one is this, what gives me the highest physical return? So we have highest spiritual return, highest relational return, highest physical return. When it comes to our bodies, we would rather chase the feeling of enjoyment rather than change. That's why we eat junk food, right? I mean, let's just be real. Let's just be like super simple for a moment as we, as we end this, is that, that when it comes to our, listen, I could talk about spiritual things all day and you're like, oh yeah, no, that's totally beneficial. I could talk about good relational priorities and we're like, yeah, I need to set boundaries. I get to physical and you're like, shut up. Get out of my pizza, my ice cream, popcorn, soda, chips, Think about it. When I say snacks, very few of you go straight to like carrots. <laughs> the weird people are like, oh, I like some broccoli with ranch. Like, the ranch is nasty too, but um, listen, listen, listen. Get close to Jesus, okay? Um, but when it comes to our physical life, we don't want the church to talk about it. And yet the Bible talks about a balanced mindset of our physical body and, and, and actually the, the health of our life. What gives me the highest physical return? We have to schedule the things that give us the best physical results. For some of us, working out is a cuss word. I've battled with it my whole life. And those people that say they enjoy it, they're weird, they, they probably need to see a therapist. Okay? That's you. We can talk. I'll pray for you. But the reality is, is that the reason why is it's not that we enjoy the pain of working out. If you do, once again, you need to see a therapist. We enjoy the product, what it brings. I enjoy myself way more when I don't look like I should be in Willy Wonka. Okay? Up here like, oompa loompa, I'm your pastor too. Round is a shape and I am too. You know, like, so like, you're weird. Listen, Hannah, please come save me. Physical return. We have to schedule the things that give us the best results spiritually, relationally, physically. They don't just happen, people. This year, Don't set a resolution, set a discipline. That I'm going to be the best version of me that God has created because God created you for a purpose, on purpose. And that he wants the best version of you. And that doesn't mean that everybody needs to walk around with six-pack abs, but we do need to reset our mind to what is going to sustain our life. Because at the end of the day, we all have a, a clock that is ticking, and you can do more damage to yourself by the will of God by not being able to live long. 
God's going, I want you to live long. I want you to, I want you to be able to speak into your grandkids. I want you to pass on to the next generation. I want you to, and, and we're going, okay, as we stuff our face and kill ourselves, and I'm not saying that in a negative way. I'm just saying that that's what this culture has told us. Just take it in, eat it all, just do whatever you want. And we have no mindset. Listen, we will, we will do everything we can to get spiritually fit, but we will not do what it takes to be physically fit. The problem is, is that our physical body needs to be healthy so that we can continue to pass on God's wisdom and knowledge. I do it for the glory of God. Ever heard the, time, uh, the thing, time flies? It does. You know, time flies when you're having fun. Can I, can I say this? Can I add something to it? Time flies, but you're the captain. Stop letting time own you and start owning your time. Take priority. I hope all of you go home with a little sense of homework. I need to prioritize. I need to start saying yes specifically and no specifically to things. Stop going and just, oh, life is so chaotic, pastor. I would love to lead a life group. Then make time for it. Oh, I wish I had good friends in my life. Then make time for it. I wish I had time for working out. You do. You just got to make time for it. There's nothing wrong with sitting and watching Netflix. But how many have sat there and watched Netflix? Listen, I'll raise my I'll be the first one to say it. Sat there and watched Netflix and said, just one more. Just one more. Just one more. And the next thing you know, you're four episodes in. And on a 30-minute show, that's two hours. And then right after that, what, what will you say? I, man, I wish I had time for it. You did. What if you would have stopped at one episode and then done something else. And then when you, when you finish that, the thing that actually had purpose, you go back and you, you watch another episode. See, it's time management. Life is not just going to happen to you because typically the things that happen to us never benefit us. If we want it to benefit us, if we want to be effective, then we've got we've to affect life around us. So, I'm not going to pray for you today. Well, I'm going to pray for you, but I want to lay out the challenge to you as we end. The Masterclass Challenge. On our website, if you go to fcpeople.church, on the very front page, there will be a thing that says Masterclass. All you have to do is click the, the Masterclass thing. It'll take you to a sign-up. You're not signing your life away. You're not giving me any money. It's none of that. It's, honestly, it's between you and God. That's it. It just allows me to know who is willing to accept the challenge so that I can pray for you every day. Because you know what? The moment you say you're going to do something, the enemy comes in and goes, watch me, Brooke. Oh, I'm going to make your life hell. That's what the enemy will say, literally. It's going to bring hell to your doorstep. Oh, you, you want to be physically strong? You want to be mentally strong? You want to be spiritually strong? Oh, no, 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 girl. You don't get to do that just easily. If you don't think the enemy doesn't come at you, just commit yourself to doing everything God wants you to do. So you'll click it and it says sign up. And all, all, all I care about is your name and a phone number. That way I can send out little text messages to the group that's saying, I want to do this. No, it's not going to be a group chat. You're not going to get everybody's number. I promise you I'm not going to spam you. Okay? But here's the simplest challenge ever. We're going to do it together. That's why we didn't call a fast because I, I wanted to do this challenge. It's physically, it's mental, it's spiritual. We're going to commit to 30 minutes of some type of physical activity a day, working out, take a walk with your, your spouse, go play Frisbee golf, go play golf, go whatever. Go get physical for 30 minutes. Maybe you're like, I work physically. Good, that's 30 minutes a day. Just be physical. Get outside, go do something. The second thing is this, is that we're going to change our mind we're going to start to eat right. Now, I'm not going to tell you what that looks like. On, on, on the thing, it, 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 it simply says this. Eat a healthy diet. I'm not going to tell you what that looks like. I think it's bad when pastors try to tell you what that looks like. But can I tell you that on there, it also says, you know, drink less sugary things. Drink more water. Have less processed things. Stop eating all the sugary stuff. I'm not going to tell you to cut it all out because 
I'm probably not going to. Because, the, listen, life is about balance. It's not about extremes in most things. And the problem with diets, the reason why they don't work is because we're asking you to do like something that you've never done and cut everything out and your body's revolting. Healthy. You know what that means. You're grown-ups. The last thing is spiritual. That we're going to commit to 10 minutes a day of reading our word or listening. Maybe you don't like to read. Throw it on, on, a, on a Bible app. Let it read to you. 10 minutes of, of prayer and worship. Throw music, some, some music on in the background. Just pray. And then on our website, there will be links to devotions for the week, right? All you have to do is click it. If you click it on your, on your phone, it'll take you right to the YouVersion app if you have it downloaded. And, and, and we're going to read the devotion together. And we're going to go through. Listen, you're not doing this alone. This is together. This is us together as a family growing spiritually, growing mentally, growing physically to say we will not just do church as normal, but we're going to make an impact. We're not looking to be successful. We're looking to be effective. And we can't do that if we're not soul, mind, body, strength all together. That's what the word says. So if you want to commit with me to do that, go to our website and sign up. Follow us on Facebook. We're actually talking about creating a Facebook group underneath uh, Freedom Church uh, and, and a place where maybe you need some, listen, one of the hardest things to do is how do I start eating healthy? Because everything that looks green is nasty. Maybe you just don't know how to make it to make it look good. There's people here that know how to do that. They could jump on that Facebook group and say, hey, I had this really great recipe. Cauliflower rice sounds horrible until you actually know how to make it right. For some of you, you're probably like already cussing me out. I understand. Could you imagine where you get on a group and, and people are going, hey, listen, you've got this. You've got this. You, you can do this. You're not alone. Not only physically, but mentally. Oh, and by the way, spiritually, we're all reading the same thing. We're reading the same devotion. We're, we're getting encouraged by God together, not alone. The biggest thing the enemy wants to do is, John, you're alone. Nobody cares about you. You're doing this all alone. Why even try? Look around. We're all going to do it together. We're a team. We're a family. We're in it to win spiritually, mentally, and physically. I hope you do it with me because I need accountability too because I'm tired of just being okay I mean, does that line resonate with anybody I'm tired of just being okay I want to be all that God has called me to be I want my relationships to matter. I want my marriage to matter more. I want church to matter more. I want to wake up and have energy. I want to go to bed and have energy. I want to, I want to know that I make a difference. I believe that's what this will do. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you so much. I thank you so much for them giving me your this time. God, help me to always value the time where we get to speak your truth and to, to be together. I thank you for this family. God, I don't know where I would be without them. God, I, I count it pure joy and, and, and humbled to, to lead and to be a pastor here. God, I, I pray that I never, ever, ever, ever take for granted what you've called myself and Stephanie to do here. But it's not about us. It's about all of us. It's about us running together, effective for the cause of Christ, for Camden, for our, each individual, holding each other accountable, lifting each other up in prayer, being there for one another. God, I pray that this challenge, this masterclass challenge, God, that we would do it not just because I've asked, but because we want the best version of you in our life. God, we don't want a made-up version of you. We don't want just an okay version of Christianity. God, we want the best-valued version where we trust you and run with you and do everything we can to walk after the way that you would want us to do. And as Moses said, that God, we would count our days. We would take value in our hours, our minutes, our days that we have, and we would do something amazing with it. God, that yes, we would enjoy it, whatever that looks like. But God, we would also effective in it. I pray for the marriages here that they would become 
healthier and stronger. I pray for the families here, that God, that we would have stronger parents, God, that we would have tighter relationships with, with children. God, I pray for friendships. God, I pray that, that whether it's at work or here in this house, God, that we would build stronger relationships. God, I pray for those to find value in the things that they do. God, this week, I pray that as we go, the enemy is going to come after us because we're, we're saying we want to be more like you. Strengthen us, protect us, guide, equip us to take on this week and to show your goodness everywhere we go. We love you, Jesus. I thank you. I thank you for those that financially give to the church that help make this work and make this run, but even more so, allow us to minister to a community through all the different avenues that we do. Bless them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 